Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. We're back on the things we say. Happy New Year, by the way. Yes, because this all is the first one we've recorded right since the New Year. Since the New Year, I, I think. I don't remember if we've recorded anything else in January, but no, Happy we, New Year. No, we took a break. This is the first time I've sat across the table from you since. So, yeah, Happy New Year, almost in February. And in that time, we've launched season two. Yes, gone into a new era of things we say. Yes, we have. Um, one one of the things that I was thinking about today that maybe some of you do know or don't know, depending when you picked up the show. Um, but these episodes are, like we say at the beginning, it's a topical podcast. So me and Nate sit down, we decide on a particular topic, which is the topic you see on your screen when you <laughs> enter into this podcast. And then we just talk about it. Like we turn on the mics and we say, okay, go. And yeah. we just start talking. Right. And it obviously results in some things that are a little more rant-based yeah. than collected and i will say there's there's already some that we've done where i'm like oh i wish i would have paced myself and thought about this and thought about that and really but again that's just the beauty of this is we're just going right off the cuff whatever we hit the only thing we did any kind of research on was the um the conspiracy, conspiracy theories. theories one yeah and because we wanted to have some we obviously had to have some meat behind that that couldn't just be opinion and i brought a small <laughs> page of notes to what was that one? Peace and non-resistance. Yes. I brought a small page of yes. notes to that. It was more of a cheat sheet than real it, Yeah, notes. kind of reminders, that things I had thought of throughout the week that I'm like, I know we're going to record this. I should write this down. Yes, but, but we did not talk about those things beforehand. That's true. So if I have notes or he has notes, the other does not see them. So we're still going to be responding to whatever is there. So just so you guys know, this is still and shall forevermore be <laughs> unscripted as long as... It's me and Sheldon. So. And it's just topical. The only rules between me and Nate is that we stay relatively on topic. Like, this is the yes. topic for this episode. And, and, we can't, we, and we can't throw punches. That, those are our two rules. We can't? We can't? Throw, no, we can't throw punches. What do you mean throw punches? I mean literally. Oh, oh, like physically <laughs> throw punches. Yes. That's good. Yes. 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 It causes all kinds of sound quality issues yes. with the mics yes. between us. Yes. Yeah. I was like, because if I can't throw punches intellectually oh no intellectually swing away i'm good i'm good <laughs> then I'm so have a hard time so here we are in the new year and so i'm just curious any anything new going on with you that i don't even know about or that's worth talking um, about on here i don't know but flag football is about to start my team was champions last year we're going to try and defend that so i'm go. excited about that well, this good, year get the team back together you no 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 i have nothing <laughs> Uh, Just other new than, babies. <laughs> yeah, but even that, she was not new. She was here the last time we recorded. So it's true. Yeah, just not life. New. Yeah, life process and moving forward. But yeah, nothing overly special. Getting ready for Easter already. Oh wow. Yeah, it comes very quickly. In your profession, you would have to yes. prepare early. Yes, I do. I do. So been <laughs> in that mindset. Of the entire Christian calendar about two and a half months in advance. <laughs> yep, that's about right. That's about right. At least giving some brain power to it. So yeah. anyway, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we would like to talk about living with women, which and we have talked about talking about this episode <laughs> for a while and just haven't worked up the nerve to do it. Yeah, I'm minorly terrified about what may or may not come out at this point. See, that's what Jess said. <laughs> she said that she was terrified that we're going to do this episode. Yeah, I'm not scared for what I may say. I'm scared for what I may get out of what I say from others that I live with. Well, there is some danger <laughs> in two white males sitting down and talking about living with women. Yes, or living even in general <laughs> in today's culture. Because we're probably wrong. Yes, or yeah. wrong by association. So anyway. what we're going to do is basically talk about, I don't know, I don't want to say what we're going to talk about because I don't know, yeah, but we don't know. our experiences of living with women and some things that we may have learned that we didn't know. Yeah. Um, 
both I've been, I've through been trial and error, through trial and error. I've been married 12 years. It'll be 13 in March. Yep. And I have been married, it'll be, it will be seven years, six years. But we're only a year apart in age, so age, life, space, we're about in the right, same range. Right, right. So I just was a, I was a late bloomer when it came to marriage. Not for lack of trying, but I was a late bloomer when it came to marriage. <laughs> I, I got married as fast as possible. Yes, Mostly because I cannot stand living alone. Right. And the thought of moving out on my own terrified me. Right. We talked about that. That and when you find the girl that you really, really like and she says yes to Why? the main and most important question. Exactly. Just, Why I wait? wait. Yeah. Exactly. And exactly. That would be my thing to a lot of people that are like, oh, should I get married or should I not? Just get married. Yeah. Actually, Stick my, it out for the rest of your life. See, my, my two things on that are though this, is I would initially say... If you're asking that question, then no, don't get <laughs> married to this person. Because if you have any That's doubt, no, just yeah. no. And probably don't even date anymore. Just move on. But if it's, if it's the question of like, oh, am I too young or is it too soon? No. If That's you know, I mean. you yeah. know. And you just need to roll with that. So, little... And that's one of the things that I found living with women, that the choice, that love is a choice. Yes. Earlier, I would have said it's like a feeling or mm-hmm. it was something that you fall into or work up or whatever. But and we may have talked about this before, but love is a choice that I make every morning. Yep. That I choose you over everybody else. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Including myself. That's that's the, that's the long. That's the tough one. Yeah. That's the long, long term commitment one right there. So, OK. So just to give you guys a little bit of background, when, when we talk about living with women, obviously Sheldon and I both had mothers. Yeah. So we lived with our mothers for a significant chunk of our lives. Actually, to this point, we lived with our mothers longer than we lived with our spouses so far in That's life. That's true. Yes, I was so, not 13 when I got married. And we both have um, siblings, and, and some sisters. of them are sisters. I have two sisters. Yes. So when we're talking about living with women, let's make a distinction here. There is a... A, a very drastic difference between living with the women in the household you are born into and living with the woman that you choose as your life partner. Oh, yeah. Very, very different things. So the rules change. The rules change completely. So don't think that we will be referring to anything in that. We may, we may refer to that in context, but we're not going to be referring much to living with women growing up because that is irrelevant to the things that we have learned in a lot of ways. Uh, That's true. Cause there are a lot of things that I thought were true. In those, in those years I learned you don't hit women. Yes. You know, cause yes. your sisters are not as able to defend themselves if it's not. Oh, my like sister was scarier than we were scratching. No, but I mean straight up like no. she, she, we all were in martial arts together and she like, so for example, like Caleb and I, I think, got national champions in, in kata forms one year. She got national champion in sparring. She was, she was vicious. My sister, you don't, mess, you don't mess with my sister. She just was she, was, she was scary. Either way, that was the one punishment I remember above all the others. Yes. When my mom walked in right behind me after I knocked the wind out of my sister. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. learned that lesson really quick. So you don't, you don't hit women. That was an early lesson. Yeah. Um, but... One of the things that I li- learned uh, living with women growing up, too, was how to be a gentleman mm. and to be like, you know, you open doors and you look out for them. You don't, like, even what side of the sidewalk you walk on, you walk towards the street, that right, kind of thing. Right. Like, general chivalry things that aren't taught anymore, yeah, but I was taught sure. most of them, you know. I won't for say sure. all of them, but even even now, there will be times... Now, automatic car unlocking, door opening stuff has yeah. changed. But when I had a car with manual locks, I would go and unlock oh, yeah. Jess's door first before oh, yeah. mine. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We didn't date. Kayla and I didn't date when that was even a thing anymore. There were no well, cars with manual locks. I've owned locks. cheap enough cars for long enough yeah. that it's been way longer. Yeah. yeah, but I don't even think that's even a thing anymore. I don't think there are really cars hardly that... Uh, or without Still it, but that's drive one. you do. <laughs> yes. What what is that? Mostly because I can't find the key fob. So. Oh well, see that's different though. <laughs> oh come on. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, I would say the same thing. You know, I I learned about a, a lot about respecting, yeah, women. Uh, 
from the way I was raised, which is interesting to me because I was not raised in a household where there, where there was a lot of differentiation between male and female. And like gender I, rules? Yeah. There, I mean, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was, but my mom was just as much in ministry as my dad. It was a, she yeah. was doing what she did at home to enable him to do the things he was doing in ministry. And she was, uh, is a phenomenal hostess. Like she, she was still very much involved in ministry. And so it wasn't like this, oh, the little woman's at home and I'll just come down home after my nine to five. And, you know, it, that was just never a thing. You know, yeah. it, there was never a difference between, and obviously, I mean, there's always a different level of <clears throat> healthy fear that I think you have for a father versus yeah. a mother. Wait till your dad gets home. Yeah, exactly. And my mom, I don't think my mom ever used those words, but they were somehow implied <laughs> at points. So, so I, I, a lot of my, my opinions, even of women and the differences between men and women, um, were obviously very much formed in my in my, for lack of a better term, formative years, uh, growing up in my in my parents' household. Um, so that informed a lot of what enabled me to get to the point where some woman would want to even consider marrying me. How about that? It made me palatable yeah. to a woman at least. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that still gets me sometimes is when I see um, women or girls being treated in a way that I'm like, that's just. You guys are, you guys need to be respectful. Like yeah. it, it just kind of rubs, rubs me the wrong mm-hmm. way. And, and especially if it's like my daughter or my wife, like that will really get me. I will say the one thing that to this day, as far as living with women, when I ask my wife to do something like call a car place or go into somewhere that's usually they deal with men a lot, mm-hmm. but she is very well informed. She knows what she's supposed to do. She knows what she wants and what she needs, or I don't know. I'm trying to think of the latest example, but she will go out and do this or like buying insurance. Like she yeah. runs a lot of the financial stuff in our house and she knows what she wants and she has a list and she's researched it. And to have a guy like talk down to her mm. And I'm like, and she'll come back to me and be like, this it was so infuriating dealing with this person because I'm, I'm intelligent. I know what I'm talking about. And they're just like laughing at me and I can tell. And that person, when I call them up, I'm having none of it. You don't get a chance to sell me on anything. Yeah. I'm about to tell you how it's going to be because of the way you treated her. Like it, it doesn't even have to be like, like blatant disrespect, yeah. like re- relationally, but just... I don't know. That dismissiveness. The dismissiveness mm-hmm. of of women as if they don't know something or couldn't possibly do this because they're a girl or that right. kind of thing. I've always found that to be dumb. Yes. <laughs> like, I, would, I would agree with that. I don't know. I would agree with that. That's that's one of the things my dad's always talking about in, in wedding sermons is that, that men and women are equal in value but different in function. And yeah. so often so many of the problems that we have in society is looking at one or the other as different in value. You know, uh, before the feminist movement happened in the, in the sixties, there was very much a devaluation of women. They could only do certain things. They were only capable of certain things. And that was just the societal norm. Uh, you saw feminism shake some of that stuff up, but now the weird radical feminism has turned into, and men are just basically a step away from being animals and aren't worthy of this, that, or the other. And it just, it's, it's swung in the other direction. So my one of my problems with the modern rendition of the women's movement and yeah. like the women's marches, part of me really likes what's going on because I'm like, yes, you know, women should be empowered to accomplish everything that they want to accomplish in life. Right. And if something in society is holding them back, then we need to talk about it right. and address it because it's like you should be able to do the things that you're called to do and follow your dreams and passions. All of that. Great. Right. I have a problem with the whole thing being married to the abortion movement. Yeah. As if like every woman wants the right to abort their kid. And I'm like, most of the most passionate people that I know on this subject on the pro-life side are women. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like you, you're not speaking for all women by marrying this thing to the abortion movement. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah. I could, I could tear into all (laughs) kinds of things with, with new wave feminism, but again, this is is not that. (laughs) 
So we'll no. we'll, we'll we'll take a. But I did want to bring that up because yeah. that's one of the first things that people are going to think about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But. So, so I'll, we'll go with this. Like, tell me about, and I'll do the same, obviously. But tell me about your expectations for marriage. Oh. Heading into it, versus <laughs> what the reality of it was like. Um. Okay, so <laughs> I I will say I had a really I had a decent view of it before I got married. Like I mm-hmm. took the vow in sickness and in health yeah. very seriously. Um and I I thought long and hard before I got married, you know, this is the woman I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with. This is a person I'm gonna grow old with. And so going into it, I do not have preconceived notions of what she is going to be like in 20 years, 30 years, 80 years, or what I'm going to be like. Right. Because we're going to now go through the rest of life and life is going to change us in some way. And hopefully for me that I, it changes me for the better, you know, and that I'm a better person down the road. But I, at the time, Jess had uh, some physical problems, uh, hearing loss and, and just, some issues where she, um, her immune system wasn't real great or any, that kind of thing. Awesome thing that God has done is he's healed her of a lot of this stuff. So yeah. like I was just joking with her the other day, I have a much better wife today than I did. <laughs> like health wise. I, when I signed up for it, I thought, Oh, for sickness <laughs> and also when you're healthy, but no, it's kind of a joke. She yeah. was, she was healthy, but you right. know, it seemed like anytime something would come around, she would get it. So, right. Right. Like I, I had a, I had a notion in my mind that was very realistic and also neither of us really came from money. So I didn't expect us to be, extravagantly wealthy together. I didn't really expect us to, um, to have all these, like for it to be one constant high. I knew that there was going to be stuff, stuff. (laughs) And so for me, I can't say that any part of marriage has been a disappointment. Um, now some things have been harder than I thought. Um, and I think most of that is just dealing with when one spouse is really just coming apart, whether that's me or yeah. it's her, um, what it takes from both of you working together to see that right. resolved is, and caring for someone um, where only you can care for them. Yeah. And it's not like you have a mom and a dad to step in because they can't step in there. Yeah. You know, it's not, and sometimes if a friend or a counselor can, if it's like the right environment, but being that person for someone else and the dedication that that takes, um, I didn't know what it, what that was yeah. when I got married. Yeah. And I think now I can say I know a lot of what that's like, and it's beautiful and it's good um, to the point where it's like I can share anything and I know, like, she's there for me. Yeah. And the same thing for her. Like, she's she knows that I've been through the worst with her. And so, right. You know, the rest is just cherry, you know? Yeah. 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 I don't know. Does that make sense? No, I, yeah, I feel sure. like, um, I don't think there was an unmet expectation, uh, but some things may have been a little harder than I thought. Yeah. But some things were a lot better than I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the one thing that, when at the moment when I got married in our wedding, like that thought that had never occurred to me before, but when she came down the aisle, I'm like, Oh, this is the mother of my children. Yeah. And I don't know why that thought never occurred to me, but all of a sudden I was just like, nothing else mattered. I'm like, this is, this is it. Yeah. And it's always going to be this way. So I don't know. Yeah. That's me. How about you? Is there anything that, I may have gone a different direction. No, 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 than no, no. That's, that was great. That was great. Um, I think for me, one of the, one of the things that I did not expect, obviously when you first go into it, there's, there is a seriousness to it, of course, Yeah. for anybody who has any kind of, uh, 
spiritual upbringing to, to know, understand that marriage is so much more than just a contract or just something you do because, well, we've been together this long, so I guess we might as well get married. Might I mean, as well sign the picture. Yeah, there is a seriousness to it. But there's also, like, a, a, an incredible joy to it. I mean, just, like, I get to be with this person. It's amazing, you know. But one of the things I was not prepared for was the fact that me just being myself was going to be a point of irritation at times. Oh, yeah. And my wife just being herself was going to be a, a point of irritation for me at times. Which, of course, when you first go to get married, you just think, oh, well, there's no way anything about this person Everything could about ever, them is perfect. It's just wonderful and just great. And, of course, you have your squabbles, and you have, but it changes when you become roommates. <laughs> I mean, essentially. Yeah. That is the biggest factor. Uh, and, and, and so that reality that I would, could make my wife mad just by doing normal things for me that yeah. were, you know, like I, I am the kind of person who I will rinse dishes out, but I'll leave them in the sink and they'll pile up until I need to throw a bunch in the dishwasher and then I'll do it. And then, you know, whatever, but that never ever computed that. Why shouldn't I just take them out and put them in the dishwasher right away? And early on in our marriage, that drove Kayla nuts. And it wasn't conscious for me, because I always thought to myself, okay, when guys get married and they're jerks, or when guys get married and their wives are annoyed with them, it's because those guys are doing things intentionally that are stupid, that are selfish, that are whatever. And these weren't like inherently selfish things. It was just, I had lived by myself for a good long while, and these were the habits I'd created. Yeah. And and so that that was a, a really interesting thing to me. And it, I think it would have been interesting living with a man or a woman. But living with a woman, it was completely different because the that was attached to value. So me rinsing a dish but leaving it in there told Kayla that I did not value her enough to choose to put that into the dishwasher myself. Instead, my expectation was that she was going to do it, which was, again, not even on my radar. Yeah. That wasn't my thought you process. You would have eventually got it in the dishwasher. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> when I ran out you. of bowls, eventually it would have gone in the dishwasher and gotten washed. But it was not a matter of, of respect or, or uh, value at all to me. But for her, it was. Yeah. And so learning to understand that and not get defensive about it was a big struggle for me. And every once in a while, it still is. But by and large, I've gotten way, way better at understanding where um, a point of contention is coming from. I won't even say anger because that's too extreme. But, but realizing that it has more to do with value when, when, a, when, in my experience, when a woman is upset with you, when my wife has been upset with me, it has more to do with how I'm valuing and respecting her versus what I'm actually doing or not doing. And that was a whole new parameter of, of thinking for me. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. I, yeah, <laughs> you get into the, you get into a bit of nitty gritty when you go there, but, um, yeah, it would be the same thing for me, except I hadn't spent a lot of time on my own, and so what for us it was like I expected that mom would take care of this, and so when when I was like, well, who's going to do this? Yeah. And she's like, well, I don't do that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, then I guess I have to. Yeah. If I, if I want something clean, I need to clean it. If I want something picked up, I'm going to have to pick it up. And, and that kind of stuff, it wasn't like, uh, yeah, you had to. But like you said, if this is more than a roommate, this is more than just dividing duties. Yeah. Like all of a sudden it's like tied into the relationship side right. of it too and, and how there's values assigned. Jess? Introduce me to the girls' point system. Have you ever heard of this? I, I don't know. Okay. It may go by so a different name in my house. For guys, so. for guys, a one a two thousand dollar ring is two thousand dollar two thousand points. Okay. A taking you to breakfast is like twenty points because it costs twenty bucks. And okay. so our point value is very much tied to money or time that it takes me to do something. Something like, tangible. Yes. If okay. I change your oil in your car and it takes me, you know, an hour to do that, since I'm not great at it. Then, <laughs> then that to me is like 60 points, you know? Yeah. But for Jess, it's like diamond ring, one point. Cleaning up supper and putting the dishes away, one point. 
you know? Okay. And I'm like, ah, that system is so bad. <laughs> I'm like, and then at first I'm like, okay, so that makes sense. It's just times where I value her and she can yeah. see it. And if in that perspective, it makes sense. But I'm like, there's no way of catching up in this system. Yeah. I've got forever to go. Yeah. It's like Buddhism. All things are equal. <laughs> yeah. It's like diamond ring one point, you know. Oh, my you goodness. Know, yeah. Picking up the kids from school one point. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah. See, now, see, my, my experience has been a little different than that because there are things that I can do that to me are so small and don't matter, but will, like, will put Kayla through the roof in a positive. Yeah. Because that... Is like if I were like, if I were to just completely top to bottom clean the kitchen before she got home one weekend or or on a Monday that I had off or something, like that would be like I bought her a new car or like those are the things that <laughs> see for whatever point. reason. But it's but it's it's but it gets more of a more of a response yeah. Yeah. Uh, than than if I you know although she likes flowers too so i guess i can't use that as an example but yeah i guess that's one of the things that uh, that i've learned is that you never know what's going to really make Kayla feel valuable until you do so yeah. like coming into it i would have never guessed that the things that get make her feel valuable to me would have made her feel valuable to me it would have never occurred to me that cleaning something or that uh, fixing something would have been big on her radar. I would have just thought this is just something that you do, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's it's not a big deal. And so picking up on those things and slowly but surely learning what those things are and being able to actually do them consistently um, has been one thing that I've learned. And you actually touched on something that was a big deal that, that I've learned living with Kayla is that I realized how much my mom did. Yeah. Because there were so many things that I took for granted because they just happened all my life. The you magic know? wash basket. Yes, yes. Although I, I learned to wash my own clothes at a very early age. Uh, my mom was very, what, what I had trouble with was putting them away. They would just, there was a dirty pile in my room, there was a clean pile in my room, and I would just pick from the one, not I from the other. I still use the three pile system, and that drives just nuts. Yeah, Kayla, Kayla would cut my legs off if I did that while clean, I slept. Dirty and could go either way. Yeah, no, she would she would do something horribly disfiguring <laughs> to me if I if I were to do that. That is not allowed. I barely get away with the clothes I'm gonna wear tomorrow again being on the floor. Like I'll wear jeans a couple of days in a row so they'll be on the floor right there, you know, by my dresser. That barely flies. Yep. But it it's okay. That's the one that we've compromised on. <laughs> now we're just finding out who's the more of a neat freak. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Um I would say, and, and this, is, this seems like such a small thing. No, not a small thing. It seems like such an obvious thing to even say this, but I've realized how different men and women actually are by living with a yeah. woman that is not my mother or my sister. Um, and I know personalities are different, and, and you can't generalize entirely. You know, I've, I've known men that are more emotional than their, than their wives are. I've known... Uh, women that are more handy than their husbands are. Like, there's, there's, there's no clear cut to a lot of these yeah. things, and I understand that. But either way, there are still certain differences that are just almost innate to every every relationship. And so, for me, just realizing how different the process is for a woman, thinking and reasoning and feeling, and the way that they're all intertwined is very, very different than what my process is by far. Um, and realizing that some of those things are things that I need to get better at, things yeah. that aren't, aren't deficiencies in a boy but need to be, but are deficiencies in a man. Um, and that, that has been probably my biggest takeaway so far, you know, this far into marriage is that I always jokingly say that Kayla's brought me up and I've brought her down a notch, uh, both in positives, even though it may not seem like I'm saying that in positives. Um, but that she is, she has made me, forced me to notice things. She has forced me to think about the way that I'm saying something and how it affects the people that are hearing it. Not even the words I'm using, but the manner that I'm saying it in. Uh, I mean, she even got on me today because we were all sitting around uh, my parents' house, and we were talking about something, and my mom 
said something kind of being a little snarky with me about it. And I responded with a equally biting, but a little more biting response to which Kayla like kind of smacked me and gave me a like, Hey, don't do that. Like, don't yeah. talk like that or don't be like that. And I was like, what? I'm just kidding. And then I thought about it after the fact. I'm like, Oh yeah, I was probably being a little, a little too harsh just cause I wanted to put my point across. Um, and so, so for me, it's, it's, it's like she has become living with Kayla has given me a sharper conscience you know, beyond just the Holy Spirit, you know, that's like literally my, my yeah. internal conscience, my natural conscience has been sharpened a great deal by just being in the same house with her. Yeah. For, for Jess, a lot of things are very black and white. I don't know if that's a, a female thing. I, I think for much of our relationship, I'm, I'm maybe the more emotional one. Okay. And she's like very black and white, very straightforward. And for me, I'm, I'm able to adjust to a lot of environments. So for me, a lot of things, I'm like, well, there's a lot of complexity to hear what's going on. And she's like, no, this is right. Or no, this is right. wrong. So when you talk about someone being your conscience, like I have a real conscience built into my house. Yeah. <laughs> like, and sometimes the kids will be like, mom says that this isn't okay. Why is that not okay? And I'm like, because your mom says, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not okay. So yeah. now it, see, that's, but see, that's one thing I would say that probably our experiences are, are a little different yeah. because I'm much more the, the pragmatic, practical, yep. like here's the, here's the way things should be. Now mm-hmm. I'm not like an overly rule follower or anything like that, obviously, but yeah, I see things as, as much more black and white where Kayla is much more, she has a lot more grace. I would say than I do. I'm I'm very. <laughs> yeah, she has she has more grace than I do. I'll just put it that way. I'll, I'm afraid anything else I might say may may put me over the edge there. Not with her, but just in general. Yeah. So so for me, that's that's kind of the opposite. You know, she's much more grace giving. She's much more in the emotions of what's going on, and I'm just much more. Well, that's stupid. Like that's that's just where my brain goes to, and and practical kicks in. Which we've talked about that difference between the two yeah. of us anyway. Recently, as a matter of fact, is there is there anything with we both have daughters? Is yes. there anything with raising them that you're going to now that you live with a woman and you're like, I really hope she gets this mm-hmm. by the time she's older. I really hope. Yeah, well, because uh, well, there's obviously a difference because my my daughter is what seven months old, I think. Yeah, yeah seven months old, and your daughter is ten. So there's there's a vast difference at the stages, obviously, that we're in. Um, but I mean, by eighteen, you yeah, hope she gets. Well, I do know this. From the minute Kayla and I got married, I told her right off the bat. I said, "I really hope that our first child is a boy." I said, "Not because I prefer a boy to a girl." I said, "But I don't think my heart could take having." my firstborn be a daughter to go through everything first, to be the first to go to school, to be the first to go on a date, to be the first. To, like I said, I, I said, it takes a better man than me to have a daughter first. I said, I can't do it. And of course we, we had a son first, so it's yeah. great for me. Plus I have a, a dude in my corner that can help me beat up somebody if I need to for <laughs> the sake of my daughter or who I can just kind of sick on somebody for the sake of my daughter. Cause you know, I'm in ministry. I'm not supposed to beat anybody up and I'm a Christian. I'm not supposed to beat anybody up, but I'll, I'll sick we'll my son on him. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that later. But so, so from that perspective, I, I lucked out as it were, or, or God heard the cry of my heart. I'm not sure which one it was or just chose not to test me in that way in life. But, um, so, so I was legitimately grateful for that. And I say it jokingly, but I really, I really, man, I just never, I didn't think that was something I was going to be able to mentally or my heart would be able to handle in any way. So I, I think that now, I mean, I've thought about these things, but I haven't really gotten into them to that point yet. Cause again, okay. she's just, she's still just a little ball of cuteness yeah. that is, is, you know, you just have to change her diaper a little bit differently. That's the the only difference at this point. And she wears frilly things between her and strong at this yeah. point. So there's certain things, obviously, value things, and both in 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 herself, self esteem, uh, values that I want to instill in her. But those things right now have not diverged based on the fact that she's a girl. Yeah. And this, I know that I know they will at some point. 
But at this point, at seven months old, I, I yeah, I'm, I've not even mentally yeah. gone there yet. For, for me, I did have a girl first. And yes. um, I thought that was a little scary, but really good. I was always hoping I'd have a daughter at some point. Yes, me too. And um, she, is, she is a really strong girl, and I really want, I want the world to handle her well. Yeah. In other words, like not to break her strength or tell her she's too strong or yeah. too, too bold or something. Cause she is the oldest and she is kind of dogmatic in the way she mm-hmm. says things and sees things. And, and I really, my, my heart for her is, and in a lot of ways for my wife and the other women in my life is like, I want them to be bold and I want them to be strong mm-hmm. and I want the world to see how beautiful that can be. Yeah. Like, where she will do something that we haven't seen before, or do something that's that's valuable because it's hers. Like, yeah. And and I, for for my daughter, I do want to want her to see that she has intrinsic value, not because of who she's with, who her friends are, yeah, who um, who she would date or who she would marry. You know, that's not where she gets her value, but yeah. For me, it's in who she is and who she's called to be. Yeah. And I've talked that to her from day one, you mm-hmm. know, all the way up through. But I, I also want to be strong for her because she is such a strong person that oftentimes those strong personalities will wear a mask of like, I'm strong, I can take it, I'm strong, right. I can take it. Right. And then there's times where she just can't deal yeah. and can't handle it. And that's where... I want to be strong for her to continue helping her, you know, to be able to take what comes because she doesn't have an older brother. She doesn't have somebody that's going ahead and she's kind of forging the trail right. for the kids in our family. And, and I'm comfortable with that. And, but I do, I would say I grew up in a, in a culture that still had very specifically defined gender roles. Yeah. And I grew up in Eastern Lancaster County in a Mennonite culture. And that's just, the way it was. And, and in a lot of ways it may still be, um, but where there were certain expectations and things like that. Um, but I will say living with Jess and, um, just raising my own daughter, I think some of that has changed for me where Mm. I want Elena to be able to do anything that she sets her heart and mind to. And that, no dream should be out of reach for her. And I'm not, I also don't want to be the guy that like pulls those dreams down and says, here, right. I'm going to make this come true for you. I want to see her rise and accomplish that on her own. So some of that is what Jess has taught me where I can't do some things for her. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that one thing that I did not expect in marriage, in marriage, I expected that I might be more, the leader might be more ha- be able to be chivalrous for my wife and to go out there and take the world on for her. Mm-hmm. And what I've ended up doing a lot more is coaching her. Yeah. And, and I, that's not like owner player coach, that right. hierarchy where the coach is over the other person. It's more like, I believe in you and you yeah. can seriously do this. And if you need any tools or help, you know, any way that I can offer assistance or do these things for you in certain areas that to help fill in gaps so you can keep going further. I want to do that. So for me, that has, that has been something I didn't expect. Mm -hmm. And coming from just a culture that I was raised in, it wasn't a bad culture. It did teach me respect for women and positive gender rules. It wasn't so many times negative gender rules, but now I've, come to the place where I'm a lot more coaching strong women to be strong, you know? And yeah, I, a lot of people, when me and Jess got married, we both have very strong personalities and they're like, this is never going to (laughs) work. First of all, neither one of you shuts up and neither one of you (laughs) listens and you're both very dramatic and like, you're very strong willed, both of you. And, and Jess was a younger child, so the rumor was she was used to getting her way. And I was the older child and used to making my own way. Yeah. And so, like, people were like, this is going to be chaotic and blow up. But really, our strengths 
are enough to stand up to each other yeah. and to really have that built in iron sharpens iron thing. So I, for me, I, I think all in all, like I think men could do a lot better by themselves instead of telling the women in their life what they want them to be or, you know, yeah. assigning to them specific things that they need to do because they're women or whatever. Yeah. But encouraging them and helping them and, you know, if they need coaching in an area to get better, like saying, hey, I believe in you. Here's a strategy that I believe can help accomplish these things if you want to, if you want, if you need an attack plan or something. Yeah. You know? Well, and I, I think that's one thing that I have inadvertently started to try to even now do with AON. I mean, and obviously she's so little. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, there's, there's so, there's very little I can do, but, but I want her to understand her value. Yeah. And I don't care if she is going to end up being the type of personality that's your stereotypical strong power suit woman who becomes the CEO of a company or if she wants to be a you know run a, a daycare you know and everything in between yeah. you know I want her to understand that she has value beyond what she does Oh, yeah. what she chooses to do with her life, what she chooses to do as a career. Because I feel like so much of what I hear about the empowerment of women has more to do with what they do being yeah. valued. You know, it's like, oh, you're just a stay-at-home mom or, oh, you're yeah. just a wife, as opposed to, well, you should be doing this, that, or that. It's like, no, your value is not found in those things. And obviously, ultimately, value being found in Christ, being found in a relationship with him, being found in fulfillment in him, for certain. But also, there is intrinsic value to you because you are a person. Yeah. And, and so for me, that's one of the things I want to instill in both of my kids, that no matter what you do, even though what you do matters, you know, yeah. what you do in life, even as, you know, as a career or just Your how you, matter. how yeah, you, absolutely. how you conduct yourself in life matters, but it, it's not what gives you value. Um, to some eyes it will be, but for me, I don't ever want my kids to feel like I value them based on doing X, Y, and Z. Um, and, and I want them to understand that, you know, who God is through that lens too, that value is because they are and because who they are, not because of what they can do or what I expect of them. One thing that I just thought of, um, I found out that being a woman is a lot harder than I thought it was. Mm. Uh, now that I live with Jess, I'm like, wow, being a girl is really tough. <laughs> like, first of all, interpersonal relationships with girls, like girls with girls, yeah. is not anything I want any part of. Yeah, Those relationships can be either really great or really, really <laughs> terrible. My goodness. I, like, I with guys, tough. I tried to think back who my worst enemy was. Yeah. And I can't even, like, there was, I would say one of, one of the guys that gave me the roughest times in high school, we had one fight and it was done. Yeah. Like, yeah. we didn't have any beef after right. that. And I can't think of a particular guy that I'm like, oh, I just have beef with that guy. <laughs> But, like, girls, I think, have a running list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always jokingly tell Kayla, like, women are vicious. Like, we, well, you guys are much more vicious than we are. And but. the other thing is, as a mom, you have to deal with, like, the perfect mom syndrome that's Ooh, out there right yeah. now. Where it's like, you, you, are, you are the, the super mom. You have a full-time job. You do blogging. You do all this, like, housekeeping. And you also, like you do interior decorating or design, like you, you do all these things and then you have time to post it all to social media. And then, and then the problem is you have a couple different people that may be specialized in what they do, but then when you view all their profiles back to back to right. back, you're like, oh, I'm not as good yeah, as her I do and nothing. this, yeah. and I'm not as good as her and this. Yeah. And the comparison game, yeah. like for me, I don't really care what another guy does. Like sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, like I like your truck or I like your car and kind of wish I could buy one myself or yeah. whatever. But it's not that constant, like being, being a, a mom is, is tough because yeah. everybody's telling you you're doing it wrong right. or you're not doing enough. And I feel like half my job as a dad is being like, uh, you do this great. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want anybody, yeah. else, anybody else to be a mom for my kids. Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned that about the comparison thing because that has been a, a, a thing that I've experienced as well. And, and again, Kayla and Jess have very, very different personalities in many, oh, yeah. many ways. But seeing that that's a consistent 
yeah. you know, among them and among them. And I, and I've heard that from a lot of women, you know, that, that, that comparison, even, even, you know, women who are maybe their moms, but they're unmarried or, or, or whatever, that comparison is a huge, huge deal. And I don't know, I know there are some who would make the argument that that is cultural, that they've been somehow conditioned to do that. But I think there's something innate. Moms are going to do that. I, I just think they are. Yeah. Just, yeah. And again, you're, you're right. I, I've seen it more with moms now. Uh, you know, the comparison thing was much, was, has been much different for Kayla than it was before. But it's, it seems to be something that is innate to women, though, even uh, women and girls more so. Um, I think most guys, you know, I look at things on social media and I think uh, two, two or three things usually come to mind. It's usually like, well, that's stupid. Why would anybody want to do that? <laughs> or how does anybody have time to do that? But not yeah. in a comparison sense. It's like, what are you doing with your life that you have time to yeah. do this on social media? Yeah. Or I'll just go with the straight up like, oh, that's so staged and fake. That is not real at yeah. all. And I'll call it out, you know? Whereas with, with women, it's like that, you're right, that can become much more of a fixation. And so that reality of the difficulty of comparison and having to fight that and, and, and be content in who you are and where you are and what you have. And I'm not talking in the sense of, like in a greedy sense or in a covetous sense, but it's like, well, it, that feeling of failure is always knocking yeah. at, at their door for whatever yeah, reason. that you're not good enough. And, yeah. and and we're apparently too oblivious to even worry about that well, most of the time. I will say men. this. Before I got married, I didn't realize that people even looked at your shoes. <laughs> like, honest to goodness, I didn't think before in my life what, I mostly just what went shoes barefoot, so. I put on my feet before I went out. And all of a sudden, I realized that all the girls that I knew in high school all the way up through have been comparing whether the shoes match the outfit of these other girls and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. I'm like... You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> like that is just a very small thing, but like I'm I'm like, this is a real Yeah. This is a real thing. Yeah. I don't know. The herd mentality is really weird. Yeah. With women. Well, and and I, I think that's the big one. You know, another thing that I've realized is that for women, like their brains just don't turn off. Like you and I both know we can have a moment yeah. where our wives can look at us and say, What are you thinking about? And we can le legitimately look them in the eye and say, nothing. Nothing. I am thinking about nothing. Like, there is no production. Like, my brain is pumping blood and making me breathe. Like, that is all it's <laughs> doing right now. And, and we have those moments where our brains can just shut off oh, and, totally. and almost recuperate. It's like we go on these little mini vacations in our heads. And I've found that women don't do that. And I've now realized that... My mom didn't do that. My sister doesn't do that. No. no no woman I know has that ability. And even just that, like, that is exhausting. Like, I don't know how I could go through a day without having one of my brain vacations. Like, that is essential to my yeah. mental health. <laughs> and so the reality of the fact that, that realizing that that is not a thing for, for women, that, that ability to zone and just be in another place. Like I've been times where Kayla's zoned out and I say, Hey, what are you thinking about? And she instantly hits me with, Oh, well I'm thinking about this, this and this, and then how that's going to happen with this. And, and for me, it would have been a, Oh, I'm not thinking about anything or I'm thinking about, you know, a plot hole in star Wars. Like it's, it's just stupid things that yeah. I can. And that doesn't, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen for and her. I, I've, I've taken to a tactic and maybe this is going to come back to bite me in like the 17th, <laughs> 18th year of marriage. But I've, I've tried to interrupt those mind loops. Like she gets on that mind, like you were saying, how this is going to affect this and this yeah. is going to affect this and this comes back around to this and it just keeps going in this loop. And I, I try to interrupt that and yeah. usually with stupidity. And it's like, what are you even talking about? Why would you be talking about that right now? I'm like, because what you're talking about is it's going to keep leading and it's not going to end up in a place that's any good. Well, yeah, it is. And, and I'm like, no, I just need to interrupt where this is yes. going. So that's probably going to bite me. Yes. But well, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe I, not. I do enjoy doing it. And <laughs> <laughs> I think that it helps her, but uh, maybe it doesn't. Yeah. So, so if you were to go back and tell the, the, the day before your wedding, Sheldon, Oh boy. Here are some things that you need to know. What would you tell yourself? Um, that it is okay if somebody needs some time to think about <laughs> something. You don't need an immediate answer. And that, that's what got us in 
like the first year where I'm like, okay, I need you to tell me this right now. Yeah. And she's like, and she'll like be defensive or argumentative. And I think that she's just being evasive. So I keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing right. until she just like walks out or leaves. And I'm like, okay, I can't handle this right now. What is happening? Yeah. And I would probably say, yeah, you're going to do, you're going to do more by giving her time and just holding there, holding her or being quiet and being present than you are by arguing the point yeah. and coming to a conclusion of any sort. Yeah. And that it's more important how it ends than what you actually talked about. Yeah. And like, I would have had no concept of that mm -hmm. going into marriage. Like if we're discussing something, obviously the most important thing is what the topic is. Yeah. Not how everybody feels when we right. get out of it. I just want to know what the end is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you say that because I think mine would be similar because the first thing I would say to myself is that just because you can be wrong without being incorrect. Oh. Because for me, my the way my brain works is I'm very much a debater. I'm very much an argumentative personality. Like if I believe something and I think something is the right way or the correct way to do something, I will defend that till my last breath without a problem. And I will push and I will push. I don't care. It's the right thing. It's right. It's right. It's right. But I came to realize very quickly that there were times when the way I would approach a situation, the way that I would come at it and the way that I would treat a discussion, I would be in the wrong even if I was right. Because I would be, and we talked about this before, I would be forgetting the relationship in the name of being right, in the name of being correct, in the name of getting my point across. And that, I won't go so far as to say that did a ton of damage because we dealt with that very, very quickly. But it was a point of contention that I think would have been very helpful for me to realize early on. Um, and the other thing I would have added to that to tell myself is that your both of your family upbringings is going to inform how you treat each other a lot more than you think and how you communicate with each other a lot more than you think. Yeah. And we didn't realize this till a couple of years into our marriage. We actually did some marriage counseling, uh, not a counseling, but a, a marriage weekend that we had at the church. And we both were, there was an assignment where we were supposed to rate what our home life experience was and then what our perceived um how we perceived our, our spouse's home life growing up. Huh. And so I did, I did my bit and, you know, I thought ours were really similar. And so when she showed me what hers was, she was, you know, we were equal pretty much on what my family was. She, she thought, but what her family was growing up and what they were so completely different. And this was the first time that both of us looked at each other and said, we were essentially raised completely differently. It wasn't that either one was bad or either one was wrong or our parents were incorrect, but it was entirely different. And so that made us realize we don't really know how to communicate with each other. Because when I say this, this thing to you, I'm saying it from the perspective of my family and how this works. But you're hearing it from the perspective of how your family worked, which sounds really complicated the way I'm saying it. Yeah. But that was like a huge revelation to us. And we actually ended up going to counseling out of that just to learn how to talk to each other yeah. while still giving proper value to, eat, to the other person. Um, and, and we went you know, through several sessions, and it wasn't like, oh, we were on the verge of divorce or anything like that. But it was a very, very positive because we were able to actually talk about things that would have been too volatile to talk about you know, beforehand. So, yeah, for me, that realization that family is going to family experience is going to inform your relationship much more than you think it's going to. Because you have yeah. this magical thing in your head where you're like, oh, it's just going to come together and it's going to be a little bit of me and a little bit of her and it's just going to be perfect and we're just going to figure out how our life works separately in our own little family together. And it just doesn't work that way. I was way. debating whether I was going to say this, but one of the things that I would tell me before I got married is that sex is going to be a small part mm -hmm. of the overall whole thing. Yeah. Like, that's one of the things that you think about most, especially, I mean, I, I was raised where there wasn't sexual experiences before marriage. Yeah, so, yeah. like, that, to me, I was, like, putting a lot of emphasis on that. And I'm like, 
yeah, that's not going to be the biggest thing here. Like the biggest thing is molding these two lives together. Mm -hmm. And that, that like comes, that is part of the relationship and often shows the signs of health and, uh, and where the relationship is at. Yeah. But it's not the biggest part of the relationship. No. Certainly. And it may not be even in the top 10 or five. Yeah. <laughs> of what yeah. keeps this thing going. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was, that's the one thing you, you watch a lot of TV shows and a lot of movies and most relationships between a guy and a girl come down to that. Yeah. And I'm like, huh? Yeah. When you do life with a real person, it's not about, no. it's not about that. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. And I, and I probably would add to that. I would have told myself that sex is more work than you think it's going to be, <laughs> which sounds horrible and not to make it sound like it's a drudgery because it's not, but <laughs> getting it all right is a lot of work. Like yeah, it's a lot like of communication. The success it's a lot rate of work. is not as high no, as people would No, be. and I can't <laughs> tell you the amount of the amount of guys uh, I've talked especially to, especially early on, like uh, I mean, and and even, we, even we're gonna need to do a whole people, podcast just on this. Even people that have had sexual experiences before marriage, you're still talking about a limited number. Yeah. You're not talking about same person for years right you know and so yeah it initially i look back and people like idolize and put the honeymoon up on this big old pedestal that was probably the low point (laughs) (laughs) it's gotten better like you know yeah yeah if it hasn't gotten better since your honeymoon you're doing something wrong you're doing something something. but it's it's amazing to me even in that and how much that's linked to communication how much that's linked to and it's also linked to how you value each other. Exactly, exactly. And that is so, so true. And I can't tell you the amount of people where I've, I've known of a husband who thinks that their sex life and that their communication is awesome until you talk to their wife about it. And no. And you can just yeah. see them sometimes in the background, like almost. Sh- and, they're, and they're completely oblivious. They're completely yeah. oblivious because they just don't know. Nobody has taken the time to tell them like, these things that are about value, these things that are about communication and, and yeah, and it's, it, yeah, it's, it is, it is work, but it is very satisfying work. <laughs> Let me, I will put it that way. It is, it is very satisfying work, but it is absolutely work for sure. Uh, and that was not something that pre-married me would have really expected. Yeah. Even if you had told me that I wouldn't have expected it. It's, it's God and, and the, ways you honor each other that is the glue Mm -hmm. i will say that the closer you are to each other and the closer you are to god is what is the glue that actually holds that together yeah it's not sex and it's not kids right and i i do want to say like right now for a lot of people also idolize kids in the same way they idolize sex yeah and kids do not necessarily make this thing better no and kids are not going to be what saves your marriage and kids is not going to be what holds it together or tears it apart. Now they may, kids may be like a magnifying glass on the things that you're already dealing yeah. with or doing. To steal, to steal a Jim Gaffigan joke, <laughs> it would be like, he, he says this about having more than one child, but I'll say this in adding a child to a dysfunctional marriage. Yeah. Just imagine you're drowning and someone hands you a baby. That's <laughs> that is exactly. <laughs> but I, I can't tell you that though. I, I've known a lot of guys who, who have wanted to, and I say a lot. That's such a generalization. But I've known guys who, their solution to marital problems is, well, we need to have a baby, because yeah. then that will give or my girls, wife. That will give my wife. It. Yeah, but it's it's for different reasons. I have found, for for a lot of times when I've seen it from a guy, it's that will give my wife something to do, and fulfill her. In apparently ways that I'm not. Instead of saying, "Okay, I need to find the ways that I'm not fulfilling my wife relationally," and yeah, I need to fix that. That kid is not going to be a good husband. No, to her. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But uh, a lot of times I see it with women uh, more in the sense that, okay, he's not paying me certain attention or he's not giving me certain affection. If we have a baby, that will change because suddenly he'll be. I'll have given him this wonderful thing, and as yeah. a reward, I will get, you know, fill in the blank. And I don't mean that in a monetary sense or in a, in a, in a tangible sense, but affection or love or attention. Um, and so they're for very different reasons typically, but yeah, yeah, that will, if, if, 
if you are hearing this podcast and you are about to get married or have been married for a little while and things aren't going well and you're thinking you should add a child to it, do not do that. Fix yourself first. Yeah. Fix your relationship. Get it on the right track. It's never going to be perfect, but get it on the right track first and then... Yeah. You can think about talking about having a baby for the sake of you and that child. Please do not do that. The other thing, when you're talking about fixing the marriage, one of the things that I've learned living with women is that when I feel the need to fix her, that's the first red flag that yes. there's something I need to fix with me. Yes. It's Ooh, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So when I'm like, okay, she has got to stop doing this <laughs> this we cannot continue if this like we cannot continue moving forward until yeah. this changes you know and that has to be a big red flag like what is going on in your head you know <laughs> that you are thinking this about your spouse and saying like this has got to change yeah what needs fixed with you yes yeah. <laughs> yeah no that's that's really good so. and and it's also you know Again, this is obviously this is mostly turned into a thing about marriage, which was going to be inevitable because that's the only way that the you and would I would be, be marriage and living yeah, with women. That would be the only way that you and I would be living with a woman who wasn't our sister or our mother, yeah. or in this case, our daughter. Yeah, since they Probably. exist now. Um, but one of the things that I learned was was have learned living with Kayla is to use not be afraid to use the language of emotion when trying to talk. So. Instead of saying to her that I think something is stupid or I'm angry, I can look at her and say, it bothers me or irritates me or hurts me that you say this in this way. I've, I've learned a new set of words to communicate my feelings beyond just you've irritated me For or I'm mad at you. For a guy saying like this hurts me is yeah. hard to say out yeah. of our mouth. Yeah. Like that is yeah. hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've, I've, learned, I've learned that almost as, as a... It's almost as a cheat because I know I can get her attention by saying it makes me feel this way or it hurts me in this way, as opposed to saying this is stupid or I hate when you do this or you make me mad when you do this. Like it's 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 expanded my vocabulary for communicating how I feel um, and that's given good. me more than like three emotions, you know, to, to communicate. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's been another another thing that living with Kayla has has taught me for sure. Yeah. But. Yeah, and again, we could go on about this kind of stuff as it occurs forever, I think. I mean, it's yeah. not a... Well, uh, people have tried to write books <sighs> and all that stuff. I did see this one book that's out there of like all the things that men knew about women. Oh, yeah, yeah. pages and pages that were blank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, but we do learn some things we, yes. as we go. Yes, I yes. I would say nobody really knows anything about a woman until you're actually living under the same roof. And I would say living under the same roof married. Something about that 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 commitment changes everything. I've known people who have lived with somebody for years and they get married and all of a sudden all these things change and all these things are different and so yeah, you will you will learn a lot for those of you who are newly married or about to get married. Fellas, you're you're going to learn a lot. And both of you will learn a lot, of course. This is not a one-sided thing. But, dudes, I'm going to tell you, it's going to feel like a one-sided thing initially. But she has made me better. Yes. Like, I do relate to other women now yeah, better, better than mm -hmm. I did before. And, I'll, and I know I'll relate to Eowyn much better than I would have without these experiences. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was a total jerk no. before. I wasn't. I just I, like wasn't I said, I was, I was palatable enough that she really thought I was great <laughs> and wanted to marry me. Like, that is... <laughs> That is a you huge accomplishment well and a and a testament to my parents and even my sister that that I was in a place that made me presentable to somebody <laughs> like Kayla. So that, that they they passed the baton well and now the journey continues. Oh, it is a journey. <laughs> oh man. Well, so that's that episode. I think I we're think. good there. Yeah, I think we're good with that. Uh, and again, I think we've found a few rabbit trails that we're going to do separate podcasts on based on some of the rants that we went on today. But yeah, uh, marriage and, and living with living with women, it's it's it'll, it is it is learn you. It is never boring. It is never boring at all. So uh, thanks for sticking with us through this, you guys, through one of our many rants. And uh, 
Yeah. We'll see you the next time on The Things We Say. Thanks for joining the conversation today. The Things We Say is produced by Nate Ward. Technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer. You can subscribe to The Things We Say on SoundCloud and iTunes. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at The Things We Say Podcast to keep the conversation going. This has been The Things We Say. See you next time.